0: Welcome to the Future of Supply Chain. Each episode, we bring together leaders across the supply chain space to discuss the role of technology and business model innovation on the future of supply chain. The Future of Supply Chain podcast is presented by Dynamo. Dynamo is a pre-seed and seed stage supply chain investor. To learn more about Dynamo and this show, head over to www.dynamo.vc podcasts
1: or subscribe on the platform of your choice. Now let's get into the show. Here's our host, Santosh Sankar. Hey, ladies and gents, welcome back to the Future Supply Chain Podcast. I'm your host, Santosh Sankar, and joining me today is Mark Wheeler, Director of Supply Chain Solutions at Zebra Technologies. Welcome, Mark. Thank you, Santosh. Great to be here. Mark, I'm uh, excited to have you join and discuss various facets associated with supply chain technology, and I think it's quite relevant given your vantage point at Zebra. But for listeners that perhaps are less familiar, could you give us the elevator pitch on Zebra and what Zebra Technologies is today? Sure. Yeah. So at Zebra, you know, the way I look at it, we, we connect the physical
0: to the digital world, um, mostly through humans, on the, not exclusively, and, and in the supply chain. So if you go to any production plant, a retail store, or distribution center, field mobility, you know, use case, there's a very good chance that you'll see Zebra technology there as a mobile computer, as a printer, you we know, have a barcode printer, or as a scanner or all above. More recently, we've moved into other markets like real-time location solutions, RFID, machine vision, and, and robotics.
1: And with that, what's the Mark Wheeler story? How did you get into the wild and wonderful world of supply chain?
0: <laughs> well, it's been, it's been quite a ride. It's been a lot of fun. I actually, I graduated in the, in the early 80s out of Carnegie Mellon as a mechanical engineer. I had studied robotics at the Robotics Institute there. And joined IBM at the time was part of a kind of an ad tech group in IBM down in Brooklyn, Florida, where we were developing uh, proprietary technology for internal use. And that included a lot of robotics. So we were designing a building and deploying robots within IBM, you know, pretty early on, and it, it became obvious see, um, that, it, uh, during the course of that, that it was only going to go so far, you know, it, we, there were times where we thought robotics was just going to take a vast majority of the, of the manual uh, you know, work. And uh, it, it just became clear that we just didn't have the technology at the time to do that. So I moved into development, did some shop floor control system development and then out into the field. And I ended up building a, a national practice and supply chain consultant. Yeah, you know, from from network strategy through warehouse design and build. And we would actually take the, our clients from initial strategy all the way through go live of automated distribution centers, and then moved on to symbol technologies, which became Motorola Solutions, which became Zebra. Now, uh, that's right. Now, so now I have the, you know, the, the real privilege after working with Zebra's customers for a number of years and being uh, field fixing now, I'm part of the strategy team, you know, looking at, at warehouse operations in particular in terms of a global strategy.
1: So about a year ago, Zebra bought Fetch Robotics after being a long-time investor. What customer needs did that acquisition align with? Yeah, I was very excited about
0: that. Obviously, I've been a proponent of uh, something like that for some time. I, I think what you see there is it's kind of a convergence of multiple <laughs> trends that sort of uh, came together. You know, one was the evolution on the, on the business side, you know, not just the continued you know, high teens, compound growth of of e-commerce, but of course the acceleration of that in the pandemic. So you see, you see this tremendous change and dynamism on the customer side with their need for new operating concepts, new business models to meet the customer uh, experience. And then on the, on the technology side, these new autonomous mobile robots and, and the way that they can bring flexible automation solutions to the table in a way that we just couldn't do before, you know, back. When I was designing and building automated warehouses, automation was with great trepidation <laughs> by many of our clients and, and appropriately so, because you, you're kind of guessing, okay, you know, this is what your business is going to look like three to five years out, right? Yes, we agree. This is the operating concept that makes the most sense in terms of capex and, and opex and labor based on that projection three to five years out. And, you know, we're going to install a bunch of this stuff where you're going to pick the design your capacity. In year one, and you may not use it right away. You might not use it until year three, but you need that. need to buy it now because that's just how it is, you know, we're going to bolt all the steel to the floor. We're going to go live and that's, that's what you got. And if it doesn't meet your needs, you know, that's, that can be uh, difficult. And then you have these, these new flexible AMR based solutions come into the market that just turn that whole equation up on its head at the exact time when customers have less certainty than they've ever had about what the future Holds for them from a supply chain execution standpoint, and are you know less interested in committing to uh, to a strategy that limits them or consumes you know a lot of capital they might not be able to leverage. So uh, the technology was at the right place at the right time, and then finally you know we saw these great potentials for synergies between our Zebra Core, you know our mobile computing, our print, our scan, our RFID, our real time location, and, and just extending that from from the human user out into actually mechanizing operations and and moving materials around as well. So we're excited about the synergies
1: and that's kind of, you know, what brought it all together. And with that, like how has Zebra enabled customers through the pandemic with their technologies, right? When we uh, look back at 2019, the world was very different. 2020 obviously brought the onset of. historical demand pull and you saw various parts of the supply chain show opportunity and that really came on the back of this push towards e-com and online purchasing where did zebra play a role in, in in that a lot of what zebra enables is sitting kind of behind the scenes if you would in manufacturing as well as warehousing fulfillment and violence
0: yeah it was very interesting times, as you can imagine, you know some of our customers really needed to scale their business very quickly, and they needed to respond to either a market opportunity or a market imperative. So we helped you know, we developed a, a, a in very short time a proximity you know a management tool for our devices so you could kind of keep track of social distancing in, in operations. We worked with on, on the healthcare side with medical supplies and vaccine distribution all on supporting the testing sites and those kinds of things, all things that we did very quickly. At kind of a macro level, you know, our our senior management was very clear that they were not going to take the foot off the gas in terms of R&D ventures, or even M&A in that period. So we continued to keep the pedal to the floor. Yeah, and I think that that served our, our customers really well. We were able to do a lot of things over the last two years based on just a confidence in our, in our business and a confidence of the kind of the centrality of, of our solutions to our customers' operations. We had no doubt that we you know, were a, a critical part of our customers' operations and continue to build out the business.
1: Zebra has a suite of 10 different technologies or, or offerings called the Intelligent Edge Solutions. And I'm gonna play a little bit of a bingo here, but I'd love a kind of two three minute on the, each of these. Is that okay with you? Sure. So let's start off with the fulfillment edge. What's that about?
0: Yeah, fulfillment edge is a software offering, and it's it's a tool that you you know you can use to build workflows in the warehouse. It really got its start with the wearable display because it was a, it was a new technology and a new form factor. And, and turns out you needed to do workflows differently, you know, to leverage that technology effectively in the warehouse. And now it's kind of grown to to be more of when we take uh, our fetch robotics and we want to deploy, you know, an order fulfillment solution—not just you know talking about moving material from point A to point B, but actually you know, running a, a econ fulfillment operation. Then we need that kind of capability as well. So we're you know, very busy, you know, integrating and and enhancing fulfillment edge to meet you know that particular market need, and we're just. Really getting going with that. And next up, Smart Count. Well, Smart Count is is actually more of a service. It's it's uh, when you look at re- retailers, of course, have stores, you know, and in, in uh, you know spread out all over certain geographies, and they need help, you know, going in there you know, periodically and doing you know, really a physical inventory. And so this is a service that has been in place for quite some time, and where we can go in and either help our customers, employees execute that count very quickly with, you know, we'll kind of flood the zone with technology, do the count and then move. And that enables that, you know, the customer both operations and financial, but know that they've got control of that store. They know it's there. Or they can, our customers can just buy that as a service and we can come out, we can provide the labor and the technology. You get that count done very quickly. And then the third, Workforce Connect. Yeah, Workforce Connect is, is a suite of communication tools. So you think about employees in the enterprise, it actually so it's usually deployed. I say most often in a retail environment. You know, keeping the keeping the associates connected. They need to collaborate and communicate with their management teams, with each other in the course of the day. And these tools are available to do that. But they can be deployed anywhere. So think about uh, a manufacturing plant or a warehouse. You provide you know, text messaging, you do voice messaging. You could do a push to talk experience, which is very popular and in manufacturing plants. You know, they're accustomed to that. Now we have doing things that are full telephony. And a lot of these tools are actually complimentary. They're free, you know, some are fee based, but they're available on just this huge spectrum of Zebra devices. So here you've got a bunch of devices out there, probably running as clients on your warehouse management system. It's very uh, straightforward to say, okay, well, not only we're going to do that, but we're also going to keep everybody can- voice. And as you, you see a lot of these new warehouses going up there, million square feet and up, you absolutely need some sort of electronic communication to keep everybody connected. And, and voice is really one of those people don't really think of voice as a system, but we get into a warehouse or a plant. It's absolutely part of the operating system. So, you know, when you think about it's the pager, we use personal cell phones, we've got these radios, you know, often they, they don't realize that they've got a very powerful
1: tool already in the hands of the user that's ready to go. And are there any. Offerings as a part of the Intelligent Edge group that perhaps are interesting as we're kind of entering uh, this period where you're seeing perhaps some centers of consumer demand not be as robust, whereas still having this backdrop of robust industrial demand. There are there things our listeners might want to be paying attention to here as they look to navigate the next 12 months?
0: Yeah, I think, you know, the big theme is, is speed and accuracy, you know, accuracy actually goes hand in hand with speed because if if I have to operate with a shorter turnaround time or what's, you know, customer expectations certainly aren't, nobody, nobody wants to wait longer for their, for their shipments. And that's not going to stop. The the fact is that in that environment, errors are, are intolerable. You know, they're so disruptive to the operation. You don't have time to find it and fix it. You got to get it right the first time. And that's kind of the driving force. So there's probably a greater appreciation than ever that that is based on, you know, operational visibility, knowing, enforcing the fact that, you know, I know what I've got and I know where it is, I know where my assets are. And I know, you know, where the people are. And so we see more and more interest in RFID, for example, at real time location, pushing that back RFID, the the big uh, market for RFID, you know, up until until very recently has been the retail item level, apparel, footwear, accessories in the retail environment. And and again, that's for operational visibility. And it used to be about, well, this is the way that we can have high inventory accuracy so that a customer can find what they're looking for on the shelf. Now it's more about, this is how we can have very high levels of inventory accuracy in the store so that uh, we can confidently allocate and ship that from the store. So, you know, the value proposition actually increased for that, but we also see it you know, moving further back from the supply chain into the
1: warehouse as well. For very similar reasons. On RFID, do you think that RFID as a technology is the future of kind of visibility in warehousing environments? We, we we've seen kind of you know, statements of it since I would say kind of the nineties. And is this kind of the period where you see RFID finally be more broadly embraced?
0: Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's uh, certainly been, it's been a lot of conjecture for a long time about uh, when that knee when that was really going to hit on the curve. I'm absolutely seeing increase in interest in deployments. You know, I, I view RFID as a tool in the kit, you know, it's an important one and it's unique in many ways. And in fact, we, we have, you know, the, the broadest set of tools that we've ever had for deploying RFID. You know, the tag cost is lower, the tag performance is higher. You know, everything's gotten better, but the basic physics is the same, you know? And so I said, it's, it's an important tool. I think it's going to be, uh, for, for a, for an effective operator, you know, that will use RFID, they'll also use machine vision because that can do some things, some interesting things in terms of visibility and error proof and in inventory control. And we'll use location aware solutions, whether that's Bluetooth based or ultra wideband or what have you, and, uh, you know you call it the visible warehouse? And I uh, absolutely think that the the future is more sensor-based visibility in, in the warehouse, what well, uh, really throughout the supply chain. The, the reality is for most customers today, most operations today, the way that they get visibility to what's happening out on the floor is probably some human with a scanner or a device in their hand scans a barcode. And that, that logs an event, you know, I was at this location, I scanned this product, what have you. And that's not really true real time. You know, that's not really a sensor that's telling you in real time, what's what, and that is the direction that we need to move as an industry to really
1: improve. Kind of leaning into that a bit more, are, are there, so you, you, you talk about sensors, but are there other kind of requisite software enablement or even operational changes? that are necessary and required as you think about the future of visibility in warehousing and fulfillment?
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's a broad topic, but you know, in particular, when you start thinking about using RFID, it's, it's really an engineered solution, you know, in a particular location, you know, based on the business objective. So depending on what you're trying to accomplish with the visibility, that solution will be engineered for that. So. What we've done is built out the tool set. So there are handheld readers, there are fixed readers. Now we're mounting readers on autonomous mobile robots. So that thing can run around the entire building, constantly inventory or asset locations. We have a wide area reader that you hang from the ceiling and covers, you know, 50, 1800 uh, square feet, locates tags within that space, pre-engineered portals for conveyors and, and pallets. So all of these are, are really tools in a kit box that can put together to give you the, the operational results. So if you're in a production plant, you know, that's going to be one thing. If you're in a, you know, aerospace parts in DC, that, that is, you know, another area where probably RFID is going to be extremely valuable. We also see some, you know, there are some industry trends that are requiring higher levels of visibility and operational performance, like the Drug Quality uh, Security Act, you know, the requirement of driving better lock control, you know, further, you know, deeper and wider in, in healthcare supply chain, food safety food traceability. These are areas, whether it's in response to regulations or just, you know, trying to drive towards better business practices that are driving adoption of some of this technology.
1: So what's your outlook for the supply chain, right? We're approaching the halfway point in June. What should folks be thinking about as we look to finish out this year and look ahead into early 23, there's certainly a lot of factors on a multiple or multitude of levels that could be playing into this.
0: Yeah, there really are. I think, you know, supply chain operators need to embrace the idea of continuous improvement. They need to embrace the idea of, of learning about these technologies and figuring out how they apply to their particular business, because each one is going to be different in terms of what their strategic goals are and what that, how that translates into operational goals. I'm very sensitive to the idea that supply chain execution investments are inherently strategic because they're expensive to implement and expensive to change, and if you didn't get that aligned with your strategy up front, then that, you know, that's a, that's a big challenge that you'd rather not deal with. So they are, they're strategic, important decisions, how you choose to build out your execution capability. And and as we look at all the change and all the new technology, I think customers need to be, uh, experimenting and learning and trying these things out. And the good news is you can do so without, you know, betting the farm, uh, without incurring a lot of operational or financial risk.
1: And with that, I would be curious here, kind of your take for the entrepreneurs, uh, in the audience. You know, as they're navigating sales cycles, buying decisions to bring their product to market, what should they be bearing in mind, thinking about whether they're selling to 3PLs or even kind of primary parties like retail e-commerce outfits?
0: Yeah, I, I think it's uh, it's a challenge. You know, 3PLs are, are really, can be really good early stage partners. They're looking not only to to run their operation more effectively, want to project to the market got the latest and greatest. From the entrepreneur, standpoint, you know, you can't emphasize enough the need to, to engage with the market early and often as aggressively as you can, to iterate quickly based on the learnings and understand, you know, what those customer value points get, get that market validation and continue to drive that, and then, you know, that never stops. The, the challenge with that is, you know, how do you avoid getting caught in, you know, constant pilot mode? pilots that don't deploy or have a low chance of deploying or simply never go to scale because you are kind of stuck there too. And, and then, and it's also a particularly difficult environment for that, because as we said, you know, operators, customers, they know, many of them know, that they need to be experimenting with this technology. They need to be learning. What better way than to get a hungry technology provider and to come do a pilot? So it's definitely a balancing act. You know, one of my, you know, guidelines is... Never give anything away for free, <laughs> you know, always make sure that there's at least some skin in the game, you know, that you've got some sort of clear idea of what success looks like going in. You've got some reasonably clear idea of what the actions will pursue as a team, you know, assuming that you do achieve success in the pilot. So s- some thoughts.
1: Awesome. Well, with that, Mark, certainly appreciate you joining us here, sharing both your story as well as the capabilities Zebra enables and sharing with us what you believe the future supply chain looks like, at least for the balance of this year. With that, look forward to future growth and all the things you and your team at Zebra are enabling. Thanks, Natasha. It was good to talk to you. I appreciate
0: the time. Cheers. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, leave us a five-star review and tell us what you liked. And be sure to head over to podcast.dynamo.vc to keep up to date with our latest content or subscribe on the podcast platform of your choice. Until next time.